0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: We've got a Friday filled with news on this episode of Fantasy Football in Fifteen. Hello everyone, welcome into fantasy football in 15 Friday, October 30th. Happy Halloween to everyone. Please celebrate safely out there this year, especially more than others, and get ready for a fun week eight, which is already underway after Panthers and Falcons on Thursday. Got a busy weekend ahead of us. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, happy Friday to you, my friend. Happy Friday. I wish I had put some time into
2: planning out a costume even though i'm not going anywhere for halloween it just would have been a nice break from the norm to uh, to dress up for a couple hours and, and sit around and have a beer or two you know dressed as i don't know grimace or don <laughs> draper or anything really i've
1: done i've done don draper before i, yeah, don't... I mean that was,
2: that was probably a pretty big one about what five years ago
1: yeah maybe even a little more i don't i don't uh uh, pretend to myself that I look like John Hamm, but I, uh, I, I have done, <laughs> I have done the Draper uh, Halloween costume before. Uh, we actually had a fun talk about uh, Halloween costumes in a Halloween roundtable. You can check out on the Athletic right now. Be sure to uh, go ahead and do that. But we've got some business at hand to get to here. So, uh, like I said, a. Friday that is absolutely jam-packed with news, probably our most news-filled episode on a Friday yet, Derek, so let's jump in. Uh, First, some bad news to start things off. The Giants and Chargers both dealing with COVID-19 positives. These came out on Thursday, so both of those games are in holding patterns at the moment. Chargers are at the Broncos on Sunday. The Giants are playing Monday Night Football against the Buccaneers, so I'm sure we'll get more and more information as that comes out, probably even more already when you're listening to this than when we're recording it, but we just want to mention it. Another good piece of news we got, Michael Thomas practiced for the Saints on Thursday. This was trending in a bad direction earlier in the week, but got back into practice with those hamstring and ankle injuries on Thursday. One complicating factor, this is a late window game on Sunday, kicking off at 425 Eastern Saints in Chicago to take on the Bears, but Derek, we got to feel like this is pretty good news. The fact that they got him back into practice on Thursday, I think it would take you know a drastic turn for him to not play in this game.
2: Yeah, it certainly looks really encouraging as we get to the weekend. Uh, I think it probably has more of a, a DFS fallout sort of impact than a season-long impact. Mm-hmm. I think it's really simple. If Michael Thomas is active on Sunday, he plays very easily. He's top five receiver when he's healthy. That's to be expected. Uh, but I do think it changes the usage uh, the ceiling, maybe a little bit, for Elvin Kamara, because we know when Thomas is out there, the target share gets redistributed quite a bit since Thomas takes on such a huge share of the offense. Kamara still awesome. It's just a slight difference for those who are building lineups for DFS purposes.
1: Michael Thomas getting back in the field would definitely be a welcome sight for his managers who have been without him for basically the entire season. Vikings and Packers getting together in Green Bay this week. Both of them have injured starting running backs. Delvin Cook however, a limited practice on Thursday. All signs point to his return. Aaron Jones, no practice on Thursday. Right now, all signs point to him missing one more game because of the calf injury. Alan Lazaro however practiced for the Packers on Thursday because he is still on IR they don't need to put a you know limited or full designation on him but the point here is he is on his way back if not this week it would likely be the week after that and to me Derek this is looking like a pretty good stash if he's still sitting out there in your league
2: yeah absolutely Uh, I think he's maybe the clear-cut number two receiver behind Devontae Adams but what does that really mean in terms of target share every week and, and week-to-week production? I see Lazard as kind of a steady wide receiver three type once he's healthy. I think the Packers offense has looked very good for most of the season, the exception being what we saw against the Bucks a couple of weeks ago. That's a nasty Tampa Bay defense. I think more often than not, this is a Green Bay team that's going to cruise to the 27 to 30 point range in most matchups. And um, not having a clear established two behind Devontae Adams bodes really well for Lazard coming off this injury.
1: Uh, One quick note on Aaron Jones and his injury, and I guess Delvin Cook for that matter. Uh, This is a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so not going to have to make any tough decisions. Uh, You'll know for sure when you're setting your lineup uh, whether or not these guys are in the game. Same goes for Joe Mixon, who missed last week's game uh, and did not practice on Thursday because of that foot injury that kept him out against the Browns last week. So he, too, looking iffy. But Titans-Bengals is a 1 Eastern kickoff, so you'll know for sure if you have him. If uh, he is out and you've got Giovanni Bernard, Comfortably roll him into your lineups. Some good news for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Rieger going to be making his return on Sunday. Activated from IR. He's been on there uh, for a month now because... Of his thumb injury, but he will play for the Eagles against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Let's start first with him. Are you excited about his return, Derek? I mean, I I guess we're all excited. I'm not playing him this week. I do actually have him in one league, our buddy Jake Seeley's Flex Leagues. I'm not going to play him this week, but I feel very good about having him stashed on IR and what he could do for the Eagles and me in the second half of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when we saw Rieger before the injury, he was sitting near a 10% target share in each of the first two weeks this season. I would assume that he kind of gets broken in slowly in the next couple of weeks. They've got a bye coming up after this matchup. So week nine is a bye week for the Eagles. You come back out of that, maybe his role scales up a bit then. I think you know the absence of Zach Ertz opened up a lot of targets anyway. So the big question for most people would be how does Rieger kind of impact the rest of the pass catchers. Does he take away from Greg Ward? Does he take away from Fulgham? So I, I could see Rieger sort of emerging as a, maybe like the third option in the passing game in the next couple of weeks. I think that's a reasonable sort of target for him. And they've got some shootout happy games coming up on the schedule. Coming out of that bye. You got the Giants, the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Cowboys again. Like those those are all teams that for the most part, can put a lot of points on the board, so there should be a lot of opportunities for Carson Wentz to air it out.
1: Definitely agree with you, and I'll bring our buddy Jake Seeley back up. Uh, he is not one who is uh, apt to recommend that you go out and trade for quarterbacks, but he had uh, Carson Wentz listed as a buy in his rankings column this week because of that schedule and because of the Eagles starting to get healthy. Dallas Goddard is expected to return after the buy and be ready to go for them in Week 10. I really don't think Travis Fulgham is going to be a loser here. We're now looking at at, you know, four productive games for him this season. Three games, uh, the, each of the last three, where he's had at least 10 targets. Uh, the game against the Giants last week, five grabs for 73 yards. A couple of end zone targets in this in that game. Uh, just barely missed a couple of touchdowns in that one. So I think Fulgham is going to be just fine, but still excited to see what Jalen Rieger and what Dallas Goddard. I've been beating the drum for Dallas Goddard. So uh, we could be looking at a very different Philadelphia offense after the bye. Miles Sanders should be ready to go to Eagles, uh, as ugly as it is, looking like they should be in control of that NFC East.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: All right, speaking of that game, on the other side of Eagles and Cowboys, all signs point to Ben DiNucci getting his first career start. Uh, Andy Dalton still in concussion protocol. Derek and I are recording this Thursday evening, so possible that something has changed, but looking like DiNucci is going to get the start. Derek, what's the effect on the Dallas offense? I guess it can't get any worse than it's been in two games with Andy Dalton.
2: Uh, maybe it can. I mean, we're talking about a a rookie who is more of a long-term sort of prospect as opposed to someone that was expected to come in and and play, obviously in Dallas especially. There was no expectation of a guy like Ben DiNucci playing this year because they invested significant capital in Andy Dalton in terms of finding an established veteran backup for Dak, and here we are. It seems like it always works this way, right? The teams that try the hardest to be completely fine at quarterback end up having to go into the third option at some point um, I, I think it's going to be a run-heavy offense they're going to try and take a lot of pressure off of them I and mean, we talked about this offense when Dalton took over it's loaded with as many weapons as you could possibly want it comes with the restrictor plate that is Mike McCarthy at the controls so how much can you downgrade him yeah I guess Dalton showed us a new floor, I, I hope that Bendanucci doesn't find the sub floor and, <laughs> and show us something even worse than what we've had these last couple of weeks.
1: You know, if you're looking for a little bit of a DiNucci, uh silver lining, it is the fact that he's got some speed. Uh, we, you know, Dallas talking about him being clocked at a top speed of like 20, 21 miles per hour as a, just a sprint speed. Um, you know, he's someone who can be a little bit more versatile back there. Someone who can escape some pressure, which Andy Dalton cannot and has been an issue with all the injuries that the Cowboys have had on their offensive line. So maybe they can. He is not Dak Prescott. Please do not take what I am about to say as, you know, he's deck, basically. He's just a poor man's deck. But maybe there are some things in their playbook that he is more able to do like deck because... He is mobile. He can get out of the pocket. Things that Andy Dalton just doesn't have available to him. So that's just the silver lining. Just throwing it out there. Things definitely can't get worse. We will see what Ben DiNucci has as a starter on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. Uh, Some bad news in this. Another one. This is like a week where we've had these injuries just come out of nowhere. started with Chris Godwin back on Tuesday. Uh, There are a few others. And now we get this word on Thursday from Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars on Gardner Minshew that he had a fractured thumb and some ligament damage in his thumb on his right hand, his throwing hand. So he had a procedure done to clean that up. The Jaguars are on a bye this week. Thankfully, obviously, if they were playing, he would not be out there. But already some doubt as to whether he will be able to play in Week 9. The backup in Jacksonville is Mike Glennon, which is definitely... Not good news for the Jaguars. Hopefully this is not something long-term for uh, for Gardner Minshew, but I would have to think that for any game that Mike Glennon would start for Jacksonville, you'd have to be a little bit concerned about the two guys who we are starting without thinking about it, James Robinson and DJ Chark.
2: Yeah. I mean, Chark, especially since he's directly impacted by the change at quarterback, but the offense as a whole becomes less efficient with the move to Glennon. Definitely a concern for Robinson's ceiling because the ceiling for the offense goes down. You're not moving the ball. You're not scoring points. You're not scoring points. You're not helping fantasy teams. Uh, I think the schedule for the Jags is another nice one, though, kind of looking ahead, even yes. beyond Week 9 when they got the Texans. they got the Packers, the Steelers, the Browns, the Vikings, the Titans, and the Ravens. Those are all teams that are going to push Minshew in this passing game if he's healthy by the time they get to Week 10. Attempts should be there. He had a stretch of five straight games between Week 2 and Week 6 where he threw it at least 40 times. He could have another stretch like that between weeks 10 and 15, which is just amazing and kind of props up his floor each and every single week.
1: Hopefully the fact that the Texans or that the Jaguars, excuse me, are even holding out any hope that he might play in week nine is a sign that if he does miss time, it maybe won't be more than just that week nine game. This by coming at the perfect time in the season for the Jaguars. Julian Edelman now going to miss some time after knee surgery. Um, I, I have a question for aster. Does anyone pick up the slack in New England? But what slack? Is Julian Edelman leaving behind even? I mean, this is just a bad passing game and a bad offense that just got worse. I want nothing at all to do with this offense. I don't care who you throw out there. Cam Newton, Damian Harris, James White, none of them. This is a bad offense that is going to be bad for the rest of the season. Yeah,
2: one good game for Julian Edelman back in week two against Seattle. He's been targeted six times or less in each of the last four games. He's caught three or fewer passes in each of those games. It just hasn't been there. I, I'm loud wrong about this. I thought Cam was going to come in and kind of keep Edelman at the Brady type levels. And obviously with what he can do as a runner, keep the offense moving at an acceptable sort of clip. It just has not worked out like that whatsoever uh, in terms of someone who I believe in to step up and actually do more. I mean, I, Nikhil Harry, just because of what they invested in him in the draft, is still interesting in really deep leagues. But he's... Very questionable with the concussion right now. And beyond that, I just don't like the talent they've amassed in this group of pass catchers. So uh, I don't see a whole lot there. I mean, Demir Bird, if you're looking for the Hail Mary play, might just get a lot of targets this week. And, and maybe because of the matchup, they're going to have to throw quite a bit. But that's one of the bad weather games on the slate. and There's quite a few of them here in
1: Week 8. Yeah, this is just a really ugly offense. And I think we finally see the wheels coming off of the Patriots here this season we've got a big Friday for the following players Uh, practice support is going to be very important for this quintet of guys Josh Jacobs he was limited in practice on Thursday because of a knee injury Devontae Parker limited because of a groin injury A.J. Brown did not practice again because of a knee injury but the Titans got out there quickly said no worries he's fine he's playing this is just a maintenance thing so not too worried about A.J. Brown just yet it still would be nice to see him get a limited practice in and then no practice for both Allen. Robinson and Philip Lindsay as they make their way through concussion protocol. Things looking bad for both of them, especially Robinson, given the fact that the bears played last Monday night, as we like to do end this show on a good note, and this is the end of the week. So we have to end on a good note. John Brown, who did not play last week, got in a full practice on Thursday, trying to make his way back from the knee injury. So sounds like he will be good to go for that AFC East clash between the bills and the Patriots. Bill's offense, that's one you can trust in that game. Derek and I, we hope to think that you can trust us as well. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. For Derek, I am Michael Beller. We'll be right back here with you next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and enjoy all of the Week 8 action.